Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gunas podcast. It's your boy Dan Coogs on hosting duty today and I'm joined by Sean. How you doing my man? Yes bro, all good, all good. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back to reality, man. Off, uh, off the back of my honeymoon, and, and I can't lie, reality slapping me differently, brother. I'm so tired this week. Man, can't, man can't do la vida loca anymore, boy. The, the, the rain, the rain slapping you. <laughs> Fram, I've, I've had to go to the office three, three days already this week, and I'm the, the exhaustion that I'm feeling right now is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's political. But you know, on football matters, um, I'm not exhausted at all, man. I need more. We got a game tomorrow or today, when depending when you're listening, um, against Bodo Glimpse off the back of a North London derby victory. Um, seven out of eight wins in the league, two out of two wins in the Europa League. Things could not really be going much better for us um, at the moment, Sean. You know, how you feeling? Yeah, uh, I feel. I feel good, man. I feel really, really good. Like this is the yeah the happiest I've been watching Arsenal in time. Time loving what I'm seeing, loving just the organization, the togetherness, just uh, everything, man. It's beautiful. I was at the ground on Saturday, and honestly, it's just a continuation of what I've been seeing over the last year. The atmosphere right now, yeah. People call me biased, and I don't really care. Like, I'll feel, I think you'll struggle to find many better places with a better atmosphere in the Premier League right now than the Emirates, still. Mm, mm, yeah, the ground was absolutely rocking um, on the weekend, man. So, we were both at the game. Um, and I think I saw Martinelli say today that 
You know, it's this is the best atmosphere he's felt in his whole life, you know, um, especially since being at, at Arsenal. And, you know, on on Saturday, it was non-stop. And at 12.30, it was a bit early for me. Um, I didn't really get on the on the beverages. Um <laughs> So you know, it was all it was all just nervous energy that I was expelling um, at that at that point, right? But I know you you got on the jars, um, Sean had a had a big day. But you know, what's your what's your um, take on the you know the atmosphere at the Emirates? Um, uh, it's um, you know, I, I think if even if you think back to a couple of years, ago, I think the Ashburton Army lot they came together a couple of years ago, but the club have really been good at um, pushing them forward, um, obviously, especially, you know, where they're situated, because obviously for people who don't go, the clock end is normally for non-season ticket holders, but I think they've done really well to congregate them there and they've just let them grow and they've let, it's, it's been organic in it and, and how they've grown and, you know, it's a, it's a group of, and, and this is even just general, I think you'd agree as well, just the amount of people going to Arsenal, there's a much younger feel now in it and, and I think that's contributing a lot to the atmosphere, just a lot of people who just want to go have fun, get behind the team, enjoy it. And I think obviously they're feeding off it, the players are feeding off it. So it's it's, it's working in, in unison together, man. It's for me, like I've been the first match I ever attended for Arsenal, I think it was in like 1996. Like this is like the best it's ever been for me, 100% in like my 20 plus years of watching. I can't think of any a better time atmosphere wise, definitely not. Yeah, 100%, man. And I think um, it, it it's just a great place to be. Um, right now like i feel like um at times the emirates has been um quite a, an unforgiving place i think for for arsenal players right like there'll be times where um you know uh, a player will make a mistake like a mustafi or something like that and the whole crowd will be on their back kind of thing and you know you're not really seeing that anymore you know and I think Martinelli made a good point that you know Saliba scored the own goal against Leicester and instead the fans are actually you know encouraging him cheering his name etc etc and it's been a long long time and I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life actually um at Arsenal home games where you know players are almost allowed to make mistakes and you know and as you said we've seen it there's been a few sort of defensive errors this season um but we've not let heads drop I think the crowd's not um, let their heads drop, that they've carried on supporting the team. And, you know, so far, um, it's been so far so good, you know. So long may it continue. We've got another big game um, at the Emirates on Sunday as well. So I know we're going to need the crowd. Um, there's a doubt uh, Arteta is going to be getting the, you know, the, the the megaphone and the speakers out to to get uh, the the club and the, the players ready for for this game. So you know, hopefully the Emirates crowd knows will be enough to get us over the line. But you know, let's get let's get into that um, Tottenham game because we've been discussing it all week um, in a WhatsApp group. Uh, the <laughs> The, the evaluation of this game has been strange, to say the least, right? I think there's been very few pundits. I think match of the day um, were pretty good uh, analysing the game, but the highlights made it look like, you know, the game was pretty 50-50, even though we both know that um, it wasn't. And there's been countless podcasts this week um, that have come out and saying, you know, Spurs... Uh, were unlucky to, to to not get something out of the game. Conte will feel frustrated that they weren't able to get something out of the game. Even Tapping Tobes um, in one of my WhatsApp groups has been saying, oh, yeah, you know, on another day, 
you know, that could have been different. Uh, they deserve to be 1-1, all of this stuff. And I'm just like, were we watching the same game? Because to me, that was total dominance from start to finish. You know, we, we did make an error that allowed them back into it and looked a bit nervous for about 10 minutes, um, about 10 minutes spell. But other than that, um, Spurs had nothing. And I felt quite comfortable um, for most of this match. You know, I can't lie. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, the Arsenal Vision guys did a really good job of, um, you know, talking about this in, in, in terms of how I think people, a lot of them just tend to run with narratives and stereotypes, um, you know, and, and I think this is probably indicative of, you know, Spurs' short-term approach since they've gotten rid of Poch, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, get Mourinho improving winner, get Conte improving winner. And, you know, um, these guys... What they do it works to an extent but as we've seen they're short-term managers for a reason because it only takes them so far and then what ends up happening it, it comes crashing down afterwards um and and yeah you know people are talking about oh the way conte set them up was fantastic and and you know if it wasn't for you know them getting their last pass wrong and like if that's the narrative you're going to run how you surely you should apply the same thing to arsenal Arsenal would have had occasions where the the final pass wasn't there, and but and also on top of the final pass not being there, we had way more possession, way more shots, way more territory, way more dominance, way more touches in the opposition box. You know, I tweeted yesterday, which it, for me is I, I think the biggest indicator and in disparity of styles between the two teams is the fact that Xhaka has had more touches in the box than Human Song. You mm. know, if that doesn't tell you what one team is trying to do compared to what the other team is trying to do. Um, then, then I don't know, like, you know, because even if you look at the first goal, uh, where Son, uh, Saka's doubled up, you know, Son and, and Perisic are there, and because they're so wary of that threat, um, that's left space, you know, look at White and White and uh, Party who are left, you know, because they've retreated and dropped so deep into their box. And obviously, I think Erdegaard came out afterwards and said they were training for that sort of moment because they knew Spurs would leave three men on the edge of the box because of how deep they, they would sit, man. But um, but just back to your original point, yeah, when they play, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, last season when we were talking about, oh, yeah, if we got the last pass, you know, the final action was always wrong. When you're relying on, you know, sort of percentile moments like that, you're not even talking about an actual chance created. You're talking about, you know, the ball being paid through for a chance to be created. You know what I mean? So that just tells you that they are playing real percentage football. They're, they're relying on major, major fine margins. And, you know, when you have guys who can overshoot their XG, that will get you to, to to a point to an extent. But against better teams, when you see that much territory and that much ground, you can't complain. You you, you literally can't complain when you get blams like they did. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a funny one, right? Because um, I do think Spurs, um, they, they, they have some success with, uh, obviously, the method by which they play. And I think, you know, most teams won't necessarily be able to to break down their deep block, right? Like that that deep block was really deep blocking, you know. Like um if you saw it, there wasn't they weren't really giving you gaps uh to play through. They basically just gave us those um wide areas and you can see why you know they they have been able to to get some results to give them some credit because there really were not the spaces in the box. But I think if you look if you look at it it almost plays into our hands, right? So number one, um, you know, they, you mentioned that we trained for that um, that scenario where Partey is going to get a lot of the ball on the edge of the box. And, you know, maybe if they've been seeing his other previous 100 shots, 
um, they said, you know, that's that's not really something that um, we need to worry about. But you know that that the final time uh, that the party gets it right, you know, that's when it counts. And I think play, letting players of that quality have that much space at the edge of your box, that's asking for trouble, you know, because if you look at other teams um, where you you know, like if they play Man City and give Man City that time and space at the edge of the box, you've got Cancelo who can leverage it. You've got Rodri who can leverage it. You've got KDB who can leverage it. So, you know, I don't like that's just a dangerous way um, of playing, really. And then on top of that, um, I think the stats are saying that we've, we've completed the most dribbles um, in the league. So, you know, what do you need when uh, a, a team is completely stifling? The space anyway. You need someone who can blam someone one v one, you know. And Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, um, they were very, very good, I think, in creating space for themselves, creating space for other uh, teammates, and and just generally moving people, um, moving people around. So, you know, I think it was it was always going to play out that way. Um, and I and I said to a couple of the Spurs guys um, when I saw them earlier that week that I thought it was going to be a resounding victory. You know, um, they they were holding on quite a bit to that Man United game um, where we got hit on the counter and they were like, oh yeah, if you play this high line, this, that and the other, you'll come uh, and, and we'll hit you on the counter. But I was just like, look, over the, the past 18 months since that whole um, diabolical period, um, and even during that diabolical period, how many times have you seen Ar Arsenal get bland on the counter. This is not Arsene Wenger. This is not Unai Emery. Like, this is not something that happens often. That Man United game is anomalous of how we play and how we concede opportunities. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I knew, you know that Spurs have the quality. You know, Kane, Son, Richarlison, Kulusevski, whoever plays, they've got that devastating quality on the counter. So, they're always going to be a threat, but I thought, you know, if that is your only method of creating chances, which it basically is, um, then you're kind of playing into our hands because we don't concede those chances. You know, we really don't concede those chances. And Harry Kane had two touches in the box, one of them being the penalty. You know, I don't even know if Son had any touches in the box. Um, they had one shot on goal from open play. And so, you know, it's almost expected that we, we would end up uh, uh, coming out on top, man. So let's get on to some individual performances, actually, because um, I think there were a few standout, uh, a few standout players, right? So um, first one, Gabriel Jesus. Right? So for me, he, he he took Romero on a little on a little walk on a leash um, that 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 game, man. I don't think Romero could live with him at all, and I don't think any centre back in the league so far has been able to live with him to be honest he's got five goals um and three assists in his first eight games so Haaland aside um it's a very very good return um from from our number nine signing um so you know just 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 let me know your thoughts on on Jesus that performance and just him generally as well I mean, for for me, in all the eight games we played this season, if he if he's not been the best, then he's been at least the top two, top three performers. Every game gives defenders hell. I think you know what people are seeing and what people probably underrated is just how strong Gabriel Jesus is. You know, here you, you're talking about a centre back. I'm sorry, centre back, a striker who's only five foot nine, but his low centre of gravity. People always bounce off him. 
he is relentless. You know, him and Martinelli must be absolute hell to play against because they're so intense, they're so aggressive. You know, you've spoken about the um the you know the the being I think all, obviously all three of our front uh, our front three are in the top five for dribbles completed in the league. You know, the amount of hell that they're giving defenders. They're relentless in winning the ball back. They're in, you know, it's just, there's such an aggressiveness to how we play, and and it's beautiful. And I think it's typified by him, you know, because really and truthfully, obviously Martinelli and Saka were there at the back end of last season, but you see the difference. Obviously, Eddie Eddie had a, you know, Eddie did well towards the back end of the season, but you're really seeing the upgrade on Lacazette, you know, in terms of continuing the same sort of dynamics of what Arteta wants but just a much, much higher quality. Even if you think the goal he scored yesterday, Lacazette would never have scored that. He would have been on his heels. He wouldn't have been anticipating, you know, that's a proper poacher's goal. He's anticipating a mistake. He's hungry. He's beat Romero to it. Um, and and, he, and he's bagged again. So, you know, for me, and, you know, this guy's getting, even if, you know, he's got the ability to create for himself. Um, so, I, I, I honestly... I couldn't be happier. It's it's so mad. We were talking about it in the group chat about what Haaland is doing is is really taking away the the shine and the light from from what actually Jesus is doing. But I think he's been nothing short of fantastic. Mm, for real, man. And it's it's crazy that you've said he's five foot nine. I did not know that, man. I thought he was. I thought he was closer to to six foot because not only is he is he bodying, man. He's getting on the end of headers, man. Like almost every yeah. game, like. He's, he's quality in the air and he's ma a magnificent leap on him. So, you know, long may it continue. And I guess he escaped getting a booking, which means um, he is going to play against Liverpool. Um, and I think that is a big, big um, difference maker for me because that Liverpool game last season, I think we played really well. I, pro I think we probably win that match if we have a different striker there instead of Lacazette. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. there was a, a couple of opportunities mm -hmm. um that Jesus would have been more alive to than um, than Lacazette. So, you know, I'm 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 going into this game hopeful. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't say super confident, but I'm hopeful that we can be able to pull something off. Because you know, I was looking at the head-to-heads today um, earlier, and we actually have not beaten uh, Klopp's Liverpool um, other than that game without fans end of the season. Reese Nelson um, and Lacazette scored, I think, uh, when they already had the league wrapped the league up by COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other two times have been on penalties in the Community Shield and in the League Cup, right? So in 90 minutes in front of fans, we've only taken L's or managed to get some draws when um, Wenger was there, right? So, and I think Emery's first game. So, you know, it's about time we go to Liverpool and 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 pack them in. Um, I need three points from from them. They're talking way too spicy the past few years about, you know, Arsenal's a guaranteed three points this, guaranteed three points there, easiest game of the season every year. And I'm sick of it because they're not even lying when they say all of that stuff, right? So, you know, I think it's about time um, that we we grab the three points. I think the last time we beat them in the league was that 4-1 that Brennan Rodgers when... Um, was it Alexis Sanchez? Yeah, uh, them silly and Urza yeah. scored a free kick and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's it's about time, man. Yeah, you have to get back in blood, man. Like you know, this is you know they've not been in the greatest of form. Um, we're in great form, you know. For for me, obviously, I'm sure it's probably we don't want to 
touch too much on this game yet, but um, just, yeah, just in terms of how we're playing and, you know, how Liverpool like to play, you know, Liverpool still average around 70% possession in games this season. It's going to be a real interesting to, you know, who has to seed ground more because, you know, both teams are going to want to be ball dominant in this game. So, yeah, interesting clash of styles in this game. So let's let's see how it pans out. But, um, but yeah. 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 So um, the other... I guess midfield midfield performance that I wanted to touch on. There's a couple a couple players. So um, obviously, I think Partey um, was he was my man of the match um, for me. I thought he was absolutely excellent. I don't think Spurs could live with him or touch him. To be honest, both on and off the ball, I thought he was super duper key. Um, but Granite Xhaka, the one who I think got the official man of the match, um, scoring the third goal. As well, he's now scored against United, Chelsea, um, and Spurs uh, for 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 Arsenal. So he doesn't score many, but he seems to like the a, a few of these big games um, to pick up pick up some goals. So you know, earlier in the season, we were doing a lot of talk about right where can we upgrade this team, where does this team need improvements, and that left centre mid spot was um, the one that came up quite quite a lot, right and. You know, for me, the guy that comes in there to to kick Jacket out of the team is gonna have to be an absolute mad thing because the way Jack is playing right now, he's one of the best midfielders in the league, if not um, you know, top five. He's he's playing, you know, public service announcement. Sorry, Granite Jacker, I wasn't familiar with your game. You know, you know, he's he's really boy, everything um, you know, and I've been a vocal not a massive fan of his but you know when someone's doing well you've got to hold your hands up man and it's crazy because you know we're speaking about upgrades and and you know that there is a possibility to upgrade on him but you know when you think already he's got two goals he's got two goals and three assists i think already this season you know what he's contributing in the final third he's up there you know in for shot creating actions um he's he's showing you know and it's crazy because even if you remember to the back end of last season we were talking about how sometimes Shaka didn't look too comfortable higher up but I think he's he's you know he's adapted to the role and obviously I think great credit has got to go to Arteta there for you know putting him in a position which mitigates against his you know his his weakness in his inability to turn his inability to carry um but you know the way he obviously he can help press press up high and maybe when we're in the defensive phase drop into a pivot with party as well um I think he's been great man honestly I think he's been fantastic everyone who watches us can tell even though obviously um Erdogan's the de facto captain. You can tell who who's the actual leader in the dressing room in it, and and it's and it's Xhaka. So I cannot be more equivalent in you know equivocal in terms of my praise for him. I think he's been great. Um, I think he's shown real leadership. He's shown real character, um, and he's also making a difference in the final third. Generally, like all the soft factors aside, he's just playing well. Generally, so um, big big props to my man. Yeah, 100%, man. And yeah, I think one of the questions um, that we have from uh, the listeners, so they said, um, uh, and this is from Tommy Ajayi1, right? He says, um, did you expect to see what we're currently seeing from Xhaka, especially from an output sense? And what profile of midfielder do you think we we further need in our midfield eights, right? So... Did I expect this? No, I didn't, right? So, you know, Sean, I think we, we noticed this sort of 4-3-3 type switch way back 
Um, it was from in, around like Boxing Day, like last yeah, year, yeah. Yeah, so last I think season. it was the it was the Everton game that we lost, like mm. Jacka's first game back, even from his injury, um, and and we were saying, all right, Jacka's playing this sort of more advanced role. He was sort of, I think, sliding back into that double double pivot a bit more often than he is now, because um, now it seems that he's got almost full license to sort of go wherever. He pops up on the left wing, he pops up inside the box, he pops up left back as well, depending what Zinchenko's doing. Um, and we're seeing him making his forward runs. And I was saying, you know, it's almost like he's doing a run as a decoy because he doesn't even want to receive the ball in the box, right? He looked uncomfortable, didn't look like um, he really had that conviction about the run that he was making, but he's just following the manager's instructions. And I think the main difference that we're seeing now is that he every time he's in the box, he's he's going with purpose. You know, he's going with a with a view to try and score or to try and create something. And and I think that's the major difference that I'm seeing from when he's first started to play this role is that he's he's almost saying that look, I don't want to get taken out of this team. People are saying that the number eight needs to be a goal threat. Well, I'm gonna show you that I can do that as well. Do you know what I mean? And he, like, the finish that he did, if that's Paqueta doing that on his left foot, you know, people are being like, yeah, wow, what a player. You know, first touch to take it away from the, the centre-back, absolutely killed Eric Dyer with that first touch. And then, you know, blabbed it on his strong foot um, past Lloris, who had no chance. So, you know, what I'm seeing uh, from him at the moment, yeah, is definitely very surprising. And I think um, on the second part of the question where they said, what sort of profile do we need? I think it's someone who can be even more decisive in that final third, if that makes sense to me. Because the thing is with Jacka, he is doing his best. But imagine you had someone with a rocket of a left foot in terms of in and around the box, they're going to blam it and you know it's going to be in. Or they've got some some quick feet, they can, they can take it past a, a defender or two, similar to what Jesus and Martinelli Saka have been doing. Um, some quick feet like Erdegaard and 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 I think you can even elevate it even more because that's just another threat in that um, in that 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 lane of five uh, attackers. But for me, what Shaka's doing right now is very very good, and I don't think um, we can just sign anyone uh, to come and play that role. I think they're going to have to be a top 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 player um, to come and and kick him out of the of the team. Um, so we got we got Shabs just joined us here. So um, the question was Shabs, um, did you expect to see what we're seeing from Xhaka, and um, what what is the profile of midfielder that we'd need going forward in these two eights? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I just dropped in. Um, uh, uninvited. I just rocked up, man. <laughs> I'm here. Um, did I? It was not uninvited, Shabs. It was not uninvited. You just uh, you stayed silent at the roll call, fam. As they said, no, it was unplanned. That's that's what I meant to say. It's unplanned. I wasn't planning to actually, I was just impromptu. Um, no, I'm on record. Listen, I'm here to do big apology. That's why I came. I said, ah, we got we're, we're recording today. I need to do big apology. Um, I'm on record after the Crystal Palace game. This season, actually, talking about how um, well we played and how well we started our season, but um, the utilization of Shaka. And I was like, look at his age. I think I said something along the lines of 
look at his age. Um, you know, he's not going to get more goals. He's not going to get more assists. Like, that's just not what we're going to see from him. Boy, have I been wrong. I hold it. I'm happy to be wrong in this instance. Um, Shaka's surprising everyone in terms of the way that he's playing, his performance levels, his utilisation. He's actually being functional. Um, if you think about the team we're trying to emulate in, 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 in Man City, to some respect, and you think about who they have um, playing their role. And there are lots of similarities between us and City, but there are differences as well and nuances, especially in terms of the way that we actually attack when we get into the final third. But, um, you know, this is what Gundogan does and has been doing for Man City in terms of popping up in the box, getting touches in the box and getting on the end of things. Um, Xhaka is playing closer to goal. He's been alleviated of some of that defensive responsibility, although he still does his bit defensively, still gets up and down the pitch. Um, he's getting touches in the box. We've seen that. Um, we heard about the stats. He's had more touches in the box this season than Son. Um, yeah, it's an indication of the style of play and the variance in the style of play between the two teams, but it's an indication of his utilisation as well. Um, uh, and um, yeah, man, long may it continue. I'm really happy with what I'm seeing from him in terms of goals and output. This is his best season for Arsenal in terms of output already, mm. you know? So that tells you all it needs to tell you. And it's not even like he's done any remarkable numbers, but it's just his numbers before this season have been unremarkable, both in terms of goals and assists. So Shaka, I owe you an apology um, maybe I've been right about you in the past, but I was wrong about you at the start of this season. Mm-hmm. And roll it for, keep rolling, like keep rolling. You know? Sorry, so, sorry, sorry, just interject you there, brother Shabs. I had to just double check. This isn't his best. He's had two seasons where he's actually bagged four goals. So no uh, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. League yeah. Gold. Not, not, not league. Uh, no, yes, not yes. League 20, 2018, 2018, 19, he scored four goals. In the four league. league goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, madness. Met- and I remember that season. That was under Emery. Bagged two free kicks as well. I remember that season. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But to and be I fair... Like, the, against United as well. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, there, there's always one thing you can never hold against Jacker. He knows how to strike a ball. Like, yeah, just generally, yeah. he knows how to strike a ball. His so. striking of a ball is good. Okay, so let, let me revise it then because, you know, we, 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 we only but, want to be about our facts here. But if you look at trajectory then, if he... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If he maintains this, yeah. This is a sustainable way of playing, actually. And, um, you know, I can't see us changing that. And I think that, that just such is his intelligence that there's a variation there that it's not something that he needs to... Um, to do every game is 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 state dependence. So I think he's going to have instances where actually he offers us a bit more assurance and stability, and um, protects us a bit deeper. There's going to be instances where he exploits the spaces that are 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 left in the opposition box. And for me, long may it continue because if we can if we continue performing as a team like this, and he continues his application level like this, then I can definitely see him this being his best um, season in terms of output for us, definitely. Mm. Yeah, because I think, you know, it's his, uh, <laughs> the first time um, he, he, he's he got a Man of the Match award in seven seasons at Arsenal. Um, the, the fans are finally giving him a song. Um, you know, he's feeling loved uh, here. So it's clear, 
you know that things things have changed around for this guy man and 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 we wouldn't have said this um before Arteta took over you know um I think it, it looked like the writing was on the wall for this guy in his Arsenal career um about about three seasons ago and and I'm I'm kind of glad that he's had the opportunity I think to to sort of get this far because you know what they say is you live long enough uh to 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 see yourself become become the villain type thing right but it's almost the opposite with with Xhaka that he's basically been here so long that he's no longer the villain and he's he's becoming a bit of the hero do you know what I mean so you know I'm happy I'm happy for the guy um in in that respect 100 hey he won man like Shaka, he won he he like he went to war with the entire Arsenal fan base and he won he's come out on top like mm. This guy mm. is Thanos in Infinity War. Like you, you can't beat him. So, mm. you know. And mm. but, but like I said, long may it continue, man. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be on here bashing and criticizing our our, our players. I want to be here Praise praising them. the 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 things that we do. And he deserves a lot of credit going back before the start of this season. Actually, you know, mm. but I think about uh, I was saying in the chat a couple of weeks ago about from March last year. I think he's been very consistent for us. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that the, there's a couple of questions here from from um, Robin Stanford that I think would be good discussion points as well, right? So, um, number one, you said, do we think Jacker's improvement is linked to having less responsibility in our team? He, he he's really playing with freedom now. He doesn't look burdened anymore, and I definitely think that is um, a factor. For me, we we used to give him too much to do in midfield, um, both under Emery and. Um, Arsenal Wenger, where I don't think we had really that presence in midfield like someone uh, that Thomas Partey has. Um, and, you know, you can see the difference when Xhaka's playing with a man um, next to him. Because I thought Xhaka was pretty decent under Wenger when he played next to um, Santi Cazula as well, um, who isn't necessarily the most mobile guy, but I think his understanding of space where and how to receive the ball and ability to sort of make um, himself available for his midfield partner really helped Xhaka in his first season. UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every game from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time and extra time and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Um, at Arsenal and I don't think that Xhaka had um, really a season as good as his first season since um, Kazula's injury etc and before Partey was able to, to to join the club because we know Xhaka's limitations Shabs, me, Shell, we've all been on record speaking about his limitations and I think the best thing that Arteta has done for Xhaka is reduce the impact of these limitations he's saying that everyone um, always has an option when they're on the ball whether that's the way you're facing whether you need to turn etc and defensively the team is so compact that you don't have to cover you know 30 40 50 yards by yourself because you you can't you can't move your legs quick enough you know you don't have to go 
blood and thunder into every tackle because your teammates there to press the ball and we win it back um, as a team rather than you winning a tackle uh, yourself. So I do think it is due to him having less responsibility, but I'll let Sheldon and Shabs chime in on that as well. Yeah, I I, um, I I agree. I think, you know, Arteta, I think for me, deserves massive credit just for moving him into zones which mitigate more against his weaknesses. And it shows that, you know, maybe, you know, because like I said, when I first saw him in that role, uh, I, it, he didn't look comfortable, but he's very much grown into the role. And with every passing week, he looks more and more comfortable. And he's, you know, he's contributing. He's contributing. He's, I think he's created the most chances from... I don't know if it is, I'd need to double check and fact check that, but it was at one point earlier in the season, you know, the most chances created from open play in the Arsenal team. So um, long, long may it continue, you know, and he seems to, funnily enough, be developing a really, really good relationship with Gabriel Jesus. Um, so, you know, wonders will cease. Stuff you don't expect to happen is, is happening, man. So, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, and I just want to add to that as well, um, the Arteta impact there as well, because I've, I think if we think about it, Arteta does deserve credit here. And I think from the beginning of his time, remember he came just a, just about a month or maybe it was two months after that infamous incident. And um, he's convinced him to stay. And um, he's really tried to make it work with Shaka. And he's tried to find different ways to make it work. And he tried to mitigate Shaka's limitations by using him in a defensive way. Um, and we saw him dropping into that left back space. So it wasn't his starting position, but we saw that with him dropping into that left back space. We saw him sometimes as a hybrid centre back. We saw him sometimes being utilised as a half back, and that was to kind of negate um, the space that he had to defend and covering. But that didn't work. But I think he, you know, credit to Arteta for trying that and recognising earlier because I think the limitations of Shaq have been clear from 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 the beginning. Um, but he's persisted to try and find different ways to um, manufacture something which is good for Shaka. He held on to Shaka when we didn't want um, him to. We were all saying, oh, let this guy go, man. What's this bondage that we have to to him? Roma have come in with a big bid. We all kind of semi-lost the plot a little bit when Shaka, when the club announced that contract extension. Um but it's bearing fruits now. I think he has genuinely been one of our best performers and our most consistent performers so far this season. And um, yeah, I do. I do just want to acknowledge the efforts that Arteta's made to 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 to, to kind of mask him in one way or, or the next as far as his deficiencies. And now he's getting production from him. So mm. yeah, one hundred percent, man, one hundred percent. And I think this other question is quite interesting. Um, as well from Robin Stanford, he said, do we, you think ESR can be trained to play that left eight role or do we wait till Patino is ready? Might be sooner than we think. So, um, I don't know, Sean, it let, what, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on this one? Because uh, I think it's quite it's, interesting. The thing is, yeah, I, I'm finding like with Arteta, it's so hard to project at the moment because nobody knows like what the final iteration of what an Arteta Arsenal looks like. You know, we're still learning. We're all learning as we go along. Because nobody would have ever said Jack will be playing as a left eight for Arsenal, do you know what I mean? So um, does that mean that, you know, we look for a similar player? Does he want to evolve the style again? Um, to, I don't know, man. I, generally, I, I don't know. Like, the only thing I might have in my mind is that, you know, Pep's City team now is very different from how Pep's City team was at the start when Arteta was there. You know, the way we are going seems to mirror 
a bit more about what Pep City team was at the start, you know, with very big sprinters in the front three, um, the, you know, the midfielders dominating the half spaces. Um, so I, 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 I generally don't know, you know, I feel like ESR could be trained, but I don't know if that's where Arteta sees him long-term. Patino, I think might even be more likely, you know, to end up occupying that space. Um, I, I watched a comp earlier this evening of, you know, uh, him for Blackpool yesterday. Very mature player, to be fair, if I'm to be totally honest, you know. my And you can tell Patino is very, very comfy technically. My issues are more about physicality with Patino rather than anything else. So playing every week, hopefully, um, for Blackpool. Um, we'll play there. He, he tends to, when I saw it, he, he picks up the ball a lot from the back four, but obviously he's got that ability to carry. Um, so, you know, playing as a... You know, I saw the, I saw the quotes from the Blackpool manager. He says he can play as a six, an eight, and a ten. You know, and I think obviously one. We know how Arteta likes tactically versatile players who can operate in different zones. So um, it's a long-winded answer of saying I don't have a clue. Just <laughs> generally, <laughs> essentially, uh, of, of what will happen. Um, I've reached a stage with with Arsenal in this project at the moment where I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying what's happening. I'm learning. I'm taking on board new stuff. Um, and I generally just trust them, you know, in, in terms of what they'll do. I have my thoughts on what I'd like to do personally, but, you know, the reality is I, I can't project in terms of what the manager is going to do. So, so mm. let's see, innit? Mm. Shabs, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I agree with much of what Sean said there, to be fair. You, you, it is difficult to project what Arteta might do, actually, because... Um, he seems to play things close to his chest and we've seen that throughout his time, but also he's seemed to find different solutions for players and try different things. He's not afraid to kind of do that. Um, for me, sometimes it's been more about a starting berth is not necessarily a reflection of how he wants a player to operate within his setups. And we've seen that with what he's asked for um, his fullbacks. We've seen that with what he's asked for um, his eights. We've seen that at times when he was using wing backs as well, um, some some time ago, um, and we've seen that with his centre forwards as well in terms of the spaces that he wants them to occupy, um, what he wants them to do with and without the ball. So ESR could do it. I think ESR is capable of playing there. I don't think he's going to require much training to 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 play the left eight role. I think he's got the capability. Um, but yeah, I also like. Patino, I like the noise about Patino. I like what I've seen from Patino. Um, I think we need to start integrating Patino into um, our, our our team whilst we've got some of the players in midfield that we do because he's still very young. Um, but I would much rather prefer an integration for a player like Patino over um, the signing of that Danilo brother, for example. Um, I know that's a bit of a different debate and a different question. Um but yeah, I would I'd be quite happy to wait for Patino if it means him getting into um, the squad and getting some games and being ready to play at the start mm. of next season. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting one because I think the last time we saw Patino in a first team context, he he looked far off the pace, right? He looked very very far off the pace. So you know now we have seen a bit more of him in the championship. Um, I would like to see where he is at the end of the season, really, because um, physically is probably the, the 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 main area that he needed to develop. You know, like as Sean said, he seems to have a very mature game um, with in terms of his ball playing. But what we need um, in that left eight 
um, and this is probably my my question mark around Smith Rowe as well, is that ability to win duels, right? Because if you're looking at if you're looking at Erdegaard on one side, um, who I think is a decent is a decent um, you know presser, well, really good presser, um, but in terms of that off the ball side, outside of pressing. He's not really, you know, a tough tackler. He's not really bodying people. And we saw um, Spurs almost sort of targeted him on the weekend um, in, in terms of as the guy to win the ball back from. And I don't think if Odegaard is playing there on your right-hand side, that you can have someone who is not as robust um, on that left-hand side, especially on top of the fact that you'll have uh, Zinchenko being your left-back in that inverted role as well, who isn't the most physical of guys as well. So, you know, that's my only question mark around both of those guys playing in that left eight position, because I think with Ben White or Tomiyasu playing in that right back, you can have Erdegaard there. Um, but on that left side with Zinchenko, I think you need a, a tall, robust dual winner playing that left eight, um, because otherwise we then become a little bit too much of a soft touch for me. Um, but, you know, ESR, he's had his surgery. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that's the end of his injury problems because um, he's not really having uh, muscle muscle issues or, or joint issues. It seems that it's a specific um, medical condition that he's had. So hopefully, um, when he comes back, he can hit the gym. He can hit up that personal chef. Um, and and really uh, grow into his body and become the unit that that uh, we think that he can be. And, you know, Patino, hopefully the same as well, right? Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely one to watch. And I would not be surprised if either one of them ends up being, you know, sort of the Xhaka um, understudy. And then, you know, somewhere else, uh, Lekonga's ears are burning because we've not mentioned him um, as as Jacka's uh, understudy, but he's an option as well, really, um, on paper. Um, so um, I'm going to move into some of the other listeners' questions because I think they 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 touch on a lot of interesting topics and I don't want to run this one um, too, too late. So on the, on the uh, talk of midfield as well, right? So we've got Baitface Nate. He says, do you think we will see both Odegaard and Vieira as eights in the same lineup this season? I don't know, man. It's hard. It's just, it's just hard to know. Like that's, that, that's what I was saying about it's hard to project or guess with Arteta because at the end of the day, I remember when Pep first did, he put, um, when he first put KDB and David Silva as eights, people like you can't do that in the prem like that's not gonna work you know like it's too lightweight it's this that and the other and then there were games where kdb was injured and it was both david silver and bernardo silver's eights you know so i you know I, I think it might just be a case of maybe it's not just one first 11 it just changes again de dependent on dependent on game dependent on who we're playing who the opposition is um, what spaces we're looking to attack, you know, how we're looking to to pin that opposition back, you know. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe is 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 the question, you know. Um, but for me, well, obviously, based on the fact that Jack is the most durable player, it always feels like it will be Jack plus someone else. Um, but obviously, it is a you know the overall question is one we have to think about because Jack has just turned thirty. Party's going to turn thirty this season. 
um, and we know about his availability issues. Um, El Nenny is um, 31, isn't he? Yeah, So, and his yeah. contract runs out at the end of the season. So obviously how we do look to recalibrate the midfield um, will be interesting. You know, I, I think it's a definite targeted ploy from Arteta, you know, that we have a young team, but the experience is, is right in the centre of the midfield. I think Arteta does value experience in that middle. So uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it trialled. But again, I've, I've come round to appreciate the importance of winning duels, especially in the centre. Mm. And that's a big part in how we sustain and how we dominate um, games as well, because... You know, one thing I've noticed, especially this season, is that Arsenal have not only just outplayed most teams, we've been a lot more physical than a lot of teams in games we played. You know, you look at the back foot, Ben White physical, Gabriel physical, Saliba physical, Tini when he plays is physical, Xhaka physical, Party physical. And, you know, then you can look at the front three. Obviously, they might not be physical, but they're very intense and aggressive in terms of how they play. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't want to lose that sort of tigerish approach. Um, so... Mm keep that fine balance, find a way to have that fine balance for me. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think, I reckon we probably we probably can see, play, see them play together. Um, I think it might happen as well. You know, we don't we don't know what injuries are going to be like. Um, and there might be more than a reason. We might be chasing a game. The Arteta wants to f- throw caution to the wind and they, they all come on and together. So um, I wouldn't put it past uh, Arteta trialing that at some point. Um, so this is quite um, an interesting question here. So um, this is from uh, Count Dracula, and he says, where do you think Arteta tactically differs from Pep? Mm. Hmm. This is it. This is an interesting one, you know. I've, I think we've seen lots of similarities with them, which is no surprise. Um, I think in terms of the intensity and 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 the high aggressive press, we've seen that. And I'm not just talking about City Pep. I'm saying we've seen that from Pep. In terms of of utilization of of of, of fullbacks and inverting, we've seen that. Um, you know, at times, um, if you think about Pep, especially at Bayern, in terms of the way that he used Lam, um, not Lam. Um, um, what's the kid? Kimmich. Oh, Kimmich, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lam, 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 Mark II. Like mm. them ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we've seen some interesting things there. Um, build up, lots of similarities in the first phase. In the second phase, you see lots of similarities. I think differences come in the way that we, Arsenal are attacking currently um, under Arteta. And not to say that we haven't seen that from Pep, um, we've seen that from 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 Pep that type of attack, but I think Pep's um, Pep system does seem to be and come across as static at times and automated and quite robotic. Whereas you can see the way that we're playing at the moment in the attack is quite fluid. You know, with mm. lots of movement, lots of interchange, lots of uh, players trusting um, you know one another with their rotations and filling up spaces and filling up lanes. So I think we're more dynamic in 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 the way that our attack is structured in the final third, definitely. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with that, Shabs, because I think it's almost like a 
a Pep Venga hybrid for me, right? Because um, you see it in that, almost in that third that third goal at, uh, that we scored on the weekend, right? It's that mm. Venga buzzed off the third man run, right? And for me, I think that is probably one of the hardest things to defend um, in football is because a man running versus a man stationary, you, like the the physics of it, you can't defend that because he's he's got a run on you, mate, right? And that was one of the things that we always saw on the Wenger is those wide triangles, Henri coming to the flanks to link up with Ashley Cole and Perez or coming to the other side, um, you know, to link up with uh, Jumberg or whoever and Burkamp. And it's the man running from deep um, that you can't you can't really keep keep out right um, and I think with with Pep as you said you know I think we're a bit more dynamic than them and I think there's a lot more of this rotation of positions to allow things like the third man run to really come and disrupt you know so you know when whether that's Ben White arriving late on the overlap um, on the right hand side I think he does that a lot more than what we see someone like Carl Walker do um maybe KDB provides that overlap um to the right winger or underlap to the to the right winger a little bit. But outside of that, you don't really see them rotate positions too much. You know, Grealish very much high and wide on the left. Um uh whoever's playing the right wing very much high and wide on the right. Uh and KDB really seems to be the only one who's allowed to sort of move left to, to right freedom. On, yeah. on, on the pitch and have that freedom to sort of pick up positions and 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 deliver that final ball. Whereas I think now as we're developing, um, it seems that as long as someone is in a zone, Arteta doesn't care who that person is, if that makes yeah. sense, right? It's like at all times we need to protect the counter, but you, man, mix it up. Yeah. And we've all seen that infamous interview with um, Henri when he was referring back to his time at Barca, where mm. he had to, he was instructed to stay out wide and hug the line, uh, very much in the way that Grealish is doing now. Same, same, same instruction, same direction. And Henri said he got bored out there, he got frustrated of the ball not coming to him, and he moved out of his zone, got onto the end of the ball, um, scored, delighted with himself. And he got subbed off, you know. That was the consequence because despite the goal, he's like, you didn't follow my instruction. Now, that's extreme. And I think obviously he was trying to make an example of Henri in that instance. But um, you do see that in terms of the instruction with Pep. They have to. Whereas you're absolutely right. At Arsenal at the moment, these guys are mixing it up. You know, they're, 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 um, they're, they're occupying zones. You're seeing Saka, at Saka and Martinelli at times are stretching and they're told to hug um, wide. But sometimes Saka is um, coming in and playing a bit more centrally towards the centre-forward position. That happened a few times, in fact, against Tottenham um, with Erdegaard, like, you know, slightly withdrawn off of him. Sometimes Saka, on the other side, was the furthest man forward as well in terms of, like, his actual proximity to to goal with Jesus on the left, Martinelli kind of inside or further back, you know. So we're seeing unconventional um, things, really. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like it. Long may it continue. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so um, there's a couple of like throwback questions here, um, not necessarily to do with this 
this season, but it says um, this one from Ducks on Quack Nine. If there was one wild card player from back in the day to start in our team, who would it be? Because not gonna lie, our Shavin in that number eight slash wide role is cooking. And I think when he says wild card, he means like outside of the obvious sort of um, Henri's and Burkamps and the like, right? I was gonna say because I was just gonna choose Vieira, boy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll put in. Go on. No, go I, on, I, go I'm, on. I'm putting. I'm putting Cleb in there, man. I'm putting Cleb in sure. there. I think Cleb in that. In that, he's not. He's not got the output, right? He, he could. He, he never shot, but just him playmaking um, instead of Erdegaard, I think would hoop, or in the left eight instead of Jacker would hoop as well. So. Yeah, See, that's why I was I, I, I was going to put Rosicki in the left eight. Mm. Oh, I, oh, sorry, bro. No, no, go. Yeah, I was, I was going to put Rosicki in there. I, I, I think I'd have Nasri at mm. um, left wing. I'd have mm. Nasri, you know, of mm. of the picks outside of the obvious ones because we're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. Nasri for me in this team would work. In that, in that, in that left eight, and I just, I think about his, I think about what Martinelli's doing, um, and how much he's improved on the ball. But I think, yeah, Nasri, that ball stuck to his feet like glue, man, and he would twist and twine guys up and get inside the box. He'd create, but he'd also score and get on the end of things and just make it happen. He had that air of unpredictability about him as well. So uh, he, even though he's a pagan, he, he fits the bill here. Mm. Mm, fair play, fair play. Um, the other sort of throwback question was from our front three, who from the past would you say they have regened? Right? So he said Gabriel Jesus is an R9 slash Alexis at centre forward <laughs> regen, Martinelli, David Villa, and Saka Ribery. I don't know, you know. I don't know. He, I, I don't yeah, know. It's a, it's a funny one because even Saka, I think we've been trying to find like players to compare him to, and it's very difficult. And because I think he plays football in such a unique way, right? Um, for me, Martinelli is sort of similar because I can't really think of like, stiff dribblers like him that have been effective. Do you get what I mean? Because Martinelli. He's he's got a weird play style, man. Very very weird play style, like head down, straight legs running at man, but jink, doing jinky me jinky kind of thing, you know. But it causes havoc. Yeah, so, it causes havoc. Cause disruption. He's a major disruptor. That mm. one, major. Um, I don't know. I I'm struggling with this one. I can't. I, I I don't agree with the the comparisons named, but you know, to each their own. But um. I'm I can I, I can see why someone would say Jesus and Alexis have similarities in their game. I can see it. I can see it because they're both aggressive. They both like to press from the front. They're both very jinky, jinky sort of dribblers who like to you know mm. pop up in, in in different zones across the pitch. I'd probably say Alexis was more of a passer because he could he could create a lot as well, Alexis, but. I don't know, man. The sank about the way Jesus plays ball that just gasses me, bro. Like it just does, man. Like he's just. That's why I just need him just to up his 
it, it sounds mad me being critical considering man's got five goals and three assists in eight games so far but if you could even just 10% a little bit more poof boy because mm. he's I can't lie I can't lie he's leaving he's leaving goals on, on the pitch yeah, yeah. Games, I, I, I think he could right now he could have about 10 goals he could be on mm. 10 easy he could be he could be on 10 if you oh, think especially easy. back to that that Leicester game he left he got two he left at least another two on the pitch deck that game. Ah, you should have had four goals that yeah, game. You could have had four goals. Minimum. That game. Yeah, minimum, yeah, minimum like minimum of his worst of chances, he could have had four goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, and 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 I, and I don't know how much uh credence I give this point where someone said, you know, Jesus does so much work outside the box. Maybe by the time he comes to take a shot, he's a, maybe a bit fatigued, tired. I don't know if I give that credence too much room because at the end of the day. He's such like a, a maverick type player that I don't want to curb his natural instincts. Do you know what I mean? But maybe I, I can see to an extent what someone is saying. It's just, yeah, it's just a shame he's not what you classify as ruthless, ruthless. But I don't know, man. I, th- I think he can get better at it. I can't lie to you. I think that can, I think his finishing can still go up a level. And it's not really a technique issue. It's just more a composure thing. And I think, I think that could, I still think that can go up another notch. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's mad I'm saying all of this. He's still on course to score over 20 goals this season, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need I need him to hit that. I need him to hit that, to be honest. Um because yeah. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to achieve some some targets. <laughs> achieve some targets. So um last question from Don Mikel 17. Um he says if we finish in the top two, this is just let me just caveat this to any ops listening as well. Yeah, this is just a question that we're responding to. Um, so don't try to clip us up. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't try to clip us up. But I said, if we finish in the top two, what would your thoughts be on Arteta as a coach, considering he's one of the youngest managers in Europe, along with having one of the youngest squads? No, I think uh, um, I, I think even I think for me, top four and above, I'm 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 happy with Arteta. Yeah, I won't rest. It's not happy where I rest on my laurels and say, yeah, boom, he's amazing. But if he qualifies us for Champions League this season, I'm happy. If it's automatic qualification, I'm even happier. If he finishes second, um, but we're some distance off the uh, league champions, like, cool, it's just an added bonus. If he finishes second and he's competed for a league title and ran it close, even better, you know what I mean? So it's incremental, but for me, the measuring stick isn't like him finishing second, you know, it's can he get us, can he fulfil and meet the club's objectives, which for me have to be Champions League um, qualification by hook or crook, so by league or by Europa or both, but he's got to get us in there. And if he does that, cool, you know, no qualms for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've always for, for me it's not even Europa for me. I've always said he's got to achieve league. He's got to achieve top four via the league because that's the barometer of of a good team. You know, you you play a thirty eight league games league season. Um, you know where you, where you finish is is where you deserve to finish over the course of that. And you know, you know it's it's, it's important to remember that obviously we bottled and we choked top four at the end of last season, but. A lot of the metrics had us as a top four side. You know, if it wasn't for injuries, you know, lack of depth and the fact that we didn't have a shoot off for most of the season, we'd probably get it anyway. Do you know what I mean? So 
I expect, you know, for me, I've said before, if five stays fit, I think we'll cakewalk into the top four. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it pretty easily. So, you know, the, the, the big worry is, you know, just, yeah, if we have certain injuries in certain key positions, that's why I think hopefully we can keep this up now. And in January, we will obviously need to reevaluate and I just jump from regardless, you know. Um, and but, but to come back to the question originally, for me, I think it's quite evident, you know, my issues are funnily enough with Arteta have never been tactically with him I think tactically he's a very good coach like he knows how to structure a team he knows how to set up a team he knows how to make us compact we know how to you know we don't leave too many distances we know how to press well um my issues more with him last season were you know sometimes in-game management the inability to change a game when we went down sometimes his mishandling of certain players how you know there were there were issues with certain players um so it was more soft factors rather than his actual ability um to actually coach or manage a team so but yeah man so far so good and uh yeah hopefully hopefully he keeps it going mm. yeah i think um you're right Sean, in that i think even from the very very start i think arteta showed that he he had the capabilities to be a good tactical coach right um i think that he was evidenced, you know, in sort of our form in that that lockdown period, um, plus, you know, obviously lifting that, that FA Cup. I think where people sort of lost their way with him um, is definitely in that sort of full, first full season, that horrible period up till um, Boxing Day, I think lost him a lot of credit with a lot of people. But basically, since the introduction of Emil Smith-Rowe, we've basically been flirting with... Uh, being the third to fifth best team, you know, depending on which part of the the timelines you want to you want to dissect and and, and cut up. So, you know, for the for, for the most part of his career uh, as a coach and as a, a young manager, etc., he has been outside of you know a ten week period, um, evidencing that he he's got capabilities, right? And I think the good thing. Um, about this season is that this is the year where the squad is is pretty much complete you know you look at the first 11 and you don't really say that there is um a real weak spot there and then you know obviously the squad depth might not necessarily be there the strength and depth might not necessarily be there but that's a, another question for another day and you're looking at it and you're saying All right so now the first 11 is there and they're playing together you had your pre-seasons You've got the players in that you want. What let, Let's see what the metrics look like. Let's see what the performances look like. Let's see um, what the results look like. And they're all looking good. I think that's evidence that you're doing you're doing the right things um, as as a manager, you know. And I think if you look at someone like um, Javi, uh, on the other hand, or even an Eric Ten Hag, where they've been given in the first window, 200 M's to spend, you know, look at what Barcelona done um, this, 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 this window, you know, they almost tried to grab Bernardo Silva on top of that. They've on top of that, they've got two of the best young talents in, in world football, if not three, if you want to include Ansu Fati um, within that and Pedri and Gavi and all of these, these guys. So if now Barcelona turn around and, you know, I saw they put, 50 crosses in the box yesterday um against against inter um in 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 i think they i think they lost i think they lost 
um, but they're top of the La Liga. And so if you're looking at Xavi and you're evaluating him and you're saying, well, no, big man, you've got more than what more than 90% of managers ever get in their whole career. You're not able to show me results then, or you're not able to show me performances that are, you know, stellar, then there's big question marks on you. So I think if we're able to maintain this over the course of the season, um, you really can't knock the manager at all. You know, um, you look at what Man City's doing with Haaland. You have a striker who has scored 19 goals by the 5th of October in a season. Um, you know, you can't be expected to, <laughs> to even go toe-to-toe with that. You know, you absolutely cannot be expected to do that. So, you know, um, if we are able to maintain this, then, you know, I think that that, that would be um, a great season for us, really. Um, and hopefully that means we, we we end up with some silverware as well, whether that be in the form of the Europa, an FA Cup here, a League Cup there. I'm not going to complain, man. Um, but as Shab says, if we get top four, that's a good season, man. Um, so, yeah, that was the last question. So I'm probably just going to leave it there. Um, Shabs, Sheldon, thank you very much for joining me. Um, uh, game tomorrow, we're going to do a post-match. Um, after the Bodo glimpse one to make up for the the lack of uh, Spurs post match, but um, just 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 you man know that we were we were buzzing alongside you man. Schedules are our peak right now, um, but we'll be a post match and there will be a Liverpool um, preview patron as well. So if you are a patron, make sure you look out for for both of those. Um, both of those contents um and yeah we'll we'll speak again soon hopefully after six more points from bobo and and then liverpool sean shabs thanks for joining me man peace Could have had that fight, but I'm gonna walk on site. Man, I have to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a oh, good energy. Man, you're gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do that. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's foul. That's That's the response of Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.